Hello and welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. In this series of special podcasts, we'll be talking about the Doctor's companions, assistants, mates or fam if you will. And each episode, I'll be talking to a very special guest about a companion of their choice and discuss topics such as the companion's impact on Doctor Who and why fans connected or perhaps did not connect with that particular member of the TARDIS crew. My guest this episode is an old friend of the show, actually, one of the hosts of the Pharos Project and the Hammered Horror podcast. It's Mr. Paul Heath. How are you, sir? Good evening. Good, good, evening. good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Yes. It's yes. been a while since you've been on this show. Actually, no, it's been a while. It's been a year, actually, isn't it? It's more or less exactly a year, yeah. Yes, it was. The, uh, <laughs> the, the uh, yes, the rather drunken commentary we did for Planet of Fire. Yes. Oh, Phil, you know we were all completely sober when we did that. Well, yeah. Well, we were drinking through it, but... <laughs> we were drunk on friendship. Well, oh, that's a lovely thought, isn't it? That is a lovely uh, thought. Yeah. Yes, the but, lie. Yes. It's a blatant lie. <laughs> and anyway, yes. sir, you're yeah. meant to introduce me when you choose to be on your podcasts mm-hmm. as three-time Embassy World Snooker Champion. I didn't hear that. All right, okay. Let me do uh, the three-times Embassy World Snooker Champion, Mr. Paul Heath. Good evening. Good evening. Is it is it cu- current or X? Um, Bit of both. Bit of both. Yeah. I'd like to try that on television, but there you are. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, we are here to talk about your favourite companion, mm-hmm. aren't we? So, would you like to tell the waiting listener uh, who that is? The waiting listener hasn't read the title of this episode. Okay, Indeed. that one then. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's Harry Sullivan is an imbecile. Hey! So, I'm surprised no one's picked this one before, actually. Um, so, why Harry Sullivan the imbecile? I, well, this is a, a weird one. Um, oh, go on. I, I don't think I saw any Harry Sullivan episodes until probably in the 90s when they started coming out on VHS. Oh, right. Uh, okay. And also UK Gold and that. Mm. Um, and he instantly struck up a memory for me. Um, it was when, when I was growing up, uh, my great uncle used to come and stay with us a couple of times a year. And he used to take me during the afternoon to the British Legion, which is like a... Uh, an exclusive pub for people who are in the armed services, sort of That's thing. That's right. Yes. It was this, this little single-story concrete building with little windows all along, known, known locally as the submarine. Uh, <laughs> you, that, that, you, most British Legion buildings are exactly like that wherever you go, yeah. aren't they? So. Yeah. But it used to take me in the afternoon. I used to go get half a shandy or something. It used to be a collection of old fellas sitting around in beige cardigans and, <laughs> and slip-on shoes. Hmm. That was all it was. They didn't even talk to each other. But then he used to go back on his own in the evenings. And when he got back on his own, he'd come downstairs, you'd, you'd, you'd sense that, that pong of Brute 33. Just, <laughs> you, it's like your spider senses were on. You know, hey, yeah. hey, here comes Uncle Knocker. He'd walk in to say goodbye, and by Christ, if you weren't dressed exactly like Harry Sullivan. <laughs> and when I eventually went with him when I was older in the evening, everyone was dressed exactly like Harry Sullivan. So the old, the old regimental blazer was it with the yes yeah the old blazer yeah. little 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 uh, neckerchief tie oh not tie sorry uh, neckerchief and a white shirt and oh it's yeah oh stunning so when I saw Harry Sullivan um, I think the first one probably was Genesis of the Daleks was probably the first one I saw mm. um, the minute he walked on I was it's just a wave of brute thirty three washed over me. <laughs> 
it, I thought to myself, there's a gentleman who's going down the submarine every night for a couple of the couple of pints of the guest ale. And this is a man who is never knowingly more than three yards from a glass of Harvey's Bristol Green. <laughs> uh, it's just, there's this thing about him that's so quintessentially 70s English gentleman. I love it. He, all the nostalgia, like, senses go off. and oh, it's, it's, He's just brilliant. Do, so do you think sort of Harry Sullivan was a little bit a sort of man out of his time somewhat? Because even by sort of early 70s standards, he was a little bit old-fashioned, wasn't he? It was that bald, sort of cut from the Bulldog Drummond cloth, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he was basically the ex-service servicemen that were around like, at the end of the war kind of thing, young men, mm. and were then going to the British legions of the time in the 70s. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, yeah, um, I, just, I just think he's brilliant. I think the, the, the team of him and Tom and uh, Liz Sladen is the best TARDIS team there ever was. Well, that is pretty. Yeah, that is pretty much the dream team, really, isn't it? Mm. To be honest, yeah, it really is. Um, Now, I mean, obviously, I I can. I sort of grew up watching, sort of that era Doctor Who. I've got very, very vivid um, images of 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 that sort of watching it. You ain't that old, Phil. I'm pushing fifty, mate. So, blimey, yeah, you are that old. I'm that old. Yes, I'm that old. (laughs) So, um, oh god, I feel I feel all maudlin now. Never mind, but. uh, Hey, so 33. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's the thing. Everyone, everyone won war. It was either Old Spice or Brute 33. Oh, yes. Everybody wore, wore that. I mean, my, I, as my, I think my dad was a Brute 33 person, actually. You know what you had to do with Brute, 30, Brute 33, didn't you? Oh, you did. And as it got into the yeah. 80s, Insignia. No. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Blue Stratos was the other one, wasn't it? Blue Stratos, Denim. Denim. Yeah, yeah. For the man who doesn't yeah. have to try too hard. <laughs> so, nah, you got to stick with the brute, mate. Smash <laughs> it all over. Yeah, the most homoerotic ever. Ever. So we go one off, off top of topic. I think the Kevin Keegan and uh, Henry oh, yeah. in, the, in the showers. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Back, back to um, back to Harry Sullivan then. So I mean, he he has really sort of made a, a very very large impression on um, a certain generation of fans. But he didn't stick around for long, though, did he? What you know, once one whole series, and um, then one story after that. Really, well, that's, he's, he's a strange one because he, he, Harry Sullivan is kind of a beautiful accident, isn't mm. it? Because yeah. the character was conceived and, and written uh, before Tom Baker was cast, and he's written. He's basically the the commander Riker of <laughs> mid-70s Doctor Who in the fact that he's written to do all the action scenes because they thought they were going to cast a much older Doctor. Yeah, was it... Um, I can't remember the name of the, the actor, but he played a character called Mr Pastry, which was like which was a children's um, mm. TV show, um, which I've got no knowledge of whatsoever. Um, but, apparently, <laughs> but apparently the right. actor the actor who, who was played that character was, was tipped to be the next Doctor. Mm. So, um, so yeah, absolutely right. That's why they wanted a uh, someone in the, in the Ian Chesterton mould, didn't they, to handle all the yes. action scenes? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. He, he was. The decision was made uh, to write him out. Uh, basically, immediately they cast Tom. Mm. Um, that's why. I mean, he, he, yes, he's in the first episode of season thirteen, um, but that was filmed as part of season twelve. That's right. It was. Yeah. So he, he was just there for one like. Filming block, yeah, which I think was a shame, to be honest. Oh, absolutely! It was a, it was it was a crime. But then again, 
what makes it so sweet is it there's so little of it. Yes. Yes, because what there is just does stick in the memory, doesn't it? It really yeah. does. Um, I mean, the way you introduced him, Harry Sutherland, is, you know, the, the imbecile. You know, mm. um, everyone remembers that one. Um, do you think he was, do you see him as an imbecile or was just a bit sort of... No, He just no, put his I, foot in it. He just wanted to be, he just wanted to help, didn't he? Yes, he he was like, when, when you think of a classic English gentleman, that's what you think of, you know. Mm. Uh, the way, he, the way he, he, he talked to um, Sarah Jane, like old girl, old thing, you know, it was very, very archaic even then. Yes. Um, but it's, oh, I don't know, he, he wasn't an imbecile. He, he was, no, all right, he was an imbecile. Yeah, he was a bit of an imbecile. <laughs> well, he always thought he was doing the right thing, didn't he? Whether he, he, he never quite knew what he was getting himself into, did he? He, was, it, he, bl- it kind he blundered of... from one thing to the next, didn't he? That's, that's, that's it exactly. He was a blunderer. Hmm. That's what he was. But I, I love the way, especially the relationship with the Doctor, it was kind of this weird sort of non-sexual love triangle thing. <laughs> because he was always flirting a bit with, with Sarah Jane. And the Doctor was... He was a little bit flirty with Sarah Jane, but mm-hmm. he absolutely hated Harry at some point. Yeah, he... He would call him everything under the sun. You know? <laughs> And it, it kind of like it was a bit like he was seeing, see Sarah Jane, this one's an imbecile. Do you want to come for this one? Hmm. Yeah, I, I see what you mean there. I see what you mean. But but I always thought like Tom Baker's um, doctor, particularly in that um, that era, the Hinchcliffe era, hmm. was a little bit sort of less um, tolerant. I th- I felt of of humans. He, he would he would get angry at them rather than um, sort of sort of the Graham Williams era. He was more flippant and jokey. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that was probably ninety um, percent Tom Baker. I think it probably was actually. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But uh, but if you, I mean, if you think about it, 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 it was you know everyone says the Hinchcliffe era was was the golden era of Doctor Who, and I'm not really going to disagree with that to be honest. Um, mm. But I think this was the golden era for the, the Tardis team, as I think as we said. Yeah, at absolutely. The it, it just didn't get any better. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of that was was to do with Ian Martyr, really, wasn't it? Yes, I mean, apparent by all accounts, he was he was a, a lovely chap himself. Yes, uh, and they all got on tremendously well, the three of them. Um, and I, that, I don't think that's the kind of thing you can't fake. No matter how good an actor you are, if you're in in a scene with another two actors, and you're all meant to be a kind of like a team like that, there's a certain chemistry and camaraderie. I don't think no matter how good you can't fake it. Mm. It just comes through from them being genuinely good friends with each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's... that's. I mean, I mean, even sort of as we know now, um, what it had been that, that long gestating story, Scratchman, that they mm. came up with when they were filming together. <clears throat> um, well, have you which, have you read that, by the way? I have not yet, no. <clears throat> I highly recommend it, um, because mm. it, it's a real love letter to that period of Doctor Who. Mm. It really is. Um, and you, you get more of a... More of an insight of what the the doctor thought of Harry and Sarah because it's all written in the first person. Oh right, uh, which which makes it doubly interesting. And it's it's so obvious that I know this sort of it was sort of ghost written with, with James Goss as well. But it, I say mm. it's a real love letter to that particular era of Doctor Who, and it's a real love letter to Sarah and Harry. Oh, now I've got to read it now, haven't I? Yeah, you you've you got just cost to. me a fortune. Man. <laughs> 
Cheers, pal. <clears throat> that, no worries, my work here is done. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, no, honestly, it really is. Um, and it, it's sort of quite obvious in the book that the Doctor adores both Sarah and Harry, mm. um, even though he does think Harry's an imbecile. Um, <laughs> he, he, he adores the both of them equally. And, you know, and I think that that's... That's what really sold it for me. It's sort of like that's what you kind of knew from the from the mm. like the televised ones, but this sort of just confirms it. If you see what yeah. I mean, you know, uh, it, yeah, it's that's definitely going on my list. Then it's got to. It's yeah, honestly, you won't regret it. You won't regret it, honestly. But um, so, I mean, what what was your um, as so you came into watching Harry Sullivan sort of quite late in yeah. in, in life, I suppose you could say. Um, huh? So, what was the you think it was Genesis the Daleks was the first one you saw? I, I'm pretty sure that was the first one I saw, yeah. Because it would have been one that I bought on VHS. Um, I was aware of Harry. Actually, that was probably the first Sarah Jane I saw as well, apart from Five Doctors. Mm. Um, I, I was aware of Harry because I was a subscriber to the Doctor Who magazine back then. Yeah. Um, so I knew, I'd seen articles on him, I knew what he looked like and everything, but I'd never actually seen one of the stories. Also, I'd read a couple of the Target books as well. Yeah. So I had an association with him, but just not like the visual cues to go from. Um, yeah, it was Genesis of the Daleks. I mean, which is like, if you're going to introduce to the best TARDIS team, go with Genesis of the Daleks because it's a cracking little story. Oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, it's always voted as one of the best stories mm. there is. I mean, um, it's... It's a couple later where he... Is it Revenge of the Cybermen he calls him an imbecile? Yes, it is. When he tries to release the bomb from him. But hang on. What happens right at the beginning of Genesis, Tom Baker steps on a bloody landmine, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And then a little bit later, Harry Sullivan gets his farers caught in a mutant clan. <laughs> but there's, there's not a lot of difference there, is there? It's not really. But, no. But the thing is, Harry saved the Doctor's bacon there, didn't he? Mm. Now, By carefully stacking up some stones. Indeed. Indeed. I didn't know landmines worked that way, but there you are. <laughs> yeah, all you've got to do is construct, is construct a mini dry stone wall underneath one, and <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> but that's what I liked about it, though. He he wouldn't take no for an answer in that, would he? He said, mm. no, I'm going yeah. to save the Doctor, even if it costs me my own life. Mm. And I think that just sort of sums up Harry Sullivan. Stiff upper lip. Stiff what, upper what? lip. And, and, yes. he, and he would do anything to save his friends. I've always sort of yes. felt that about him. Yes, absolutely, yeah. He was a stand-up guy. He was. He was. Mm. Even though he was a... Well, let's put it this way. He was a ship surgeon. Wasn't I he? beg your pardon? A, a ship's surgeon. Oh, a ship. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> um, probably not the best known for uh, getting stuck in and sort of daring do. It's, it's a completely different sort of... Uh, Brand of hero, really, sort of, really, sort of being a, a, a medical man, but um, mm. but no, he, he is a, as you say, Jesse the Daleks. He, he gets into fights in the trenches. He rescues the Doctor, as you say. Mm. He puts his size nine in a clam. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he wore slip-ons. <laughs> that's forward thinking. That if ever is, I get foot, foot stuck in a mutant clam, I just off, off it pops. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. You know? <laughs> But what I did like about him, though, was the they do, which I think they sort of tend to forget about with Sarah Jane, with the whole being a, a journalist, mm. was they still had it in mind that Harry was a doctor. Yeah. So when you've got the Ark in space, he's helping to revive people. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, it's, it's sort of any sort of chance he gets, he will he will step in and try and assist medically. Which, which I, I thought they they never forgot that about Harry Sullivan. Which no, no, it 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 goes more towards him being um, a very caring person. Yeah, um, he, he's obviously this is back in the age when doctors all took an oath and, and that sort of thing. You know, mm. to always help and uh, he's obviously living by that rule along with. I think he's obviously like um, being from from the the navy, gone through the military training and that, and and structure and orders and command and that sort of thing. It all plays towards his character. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you're right. I think you're right. It's. Um, I think. I mean, obviously, when he was in um, the first thing we we see him is robot. Um, it's actually mentioned yeah. in Planet of he's the Spies, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but when you first see him properly in robot, I mean at that. If you were to watch that first, would you would you have thought he is going to be a member of the TARDIS crew? Well, no, because at that point he hadn't slipped into the blazer. Oh, of course he had. He said the Doctor's coat on, didn't he? In the telescope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, but so he's the, just a, he's just an ordinary bloke until he puts that blazer on. <laughs> it's, it's like Superman, Spl- isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Blazer, splash of brute, Farrah's, cravat, on shoes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're it's off Saturday night. <laughs> But that's the thing, though. When he does get into the tie, it, it does look like he's he's on a night out. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Doesn't it? I, 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 that, that, again, that just sums him up, really. Sort of like he hasn't got a clue what he's doing. Mm. He's, as well, that's, say, why, that's, that's why he ended up in the TARDIS. He's walked towards it and saw, seen a single story builder with loads of wind. And he thought, <laughs> it's the British Legion. <laughs> he's in. <laughs> Two pints of Theakston's, please. <laughs> oh, no, back then, double diamond. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah double diamond oh dear which again that just brings back memories again double diamond because that that used to be at a pub so we're going off topic again um <laughs> the, when my, my nan and granddad lived there was a pub around the corner from called the beacon mm. and, and back in the 70s when you could drink and drive my dad was never been a drinker at all but my granddad said fancy we go at the sunday lunch you go come around the around the corner around the beacon a couple of pints so um, my dad would go around there, and, and it would be full of old boys from the allotment in there. <laughs> <laughs> they all go in there for the lunchtime pint, and it, they'd all be drinking double diamonds. Um, so my old man would, would come back with, from, with my granddad, and uh, straight away, me and my sister, Dad, can we smell your breath? Because we just wanted to smell the double diamond on him. You know, oh. it, it's got such, such, such vivid memories of that. And I think when I was when I was old enough to take my granddad around the corner for a pint, I thought the first thing I, I did was order myself a pint of double diamonds and get him one in as well. So unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't get to do, do it that often. But um, sort of, unfortunately, they're longer with us, and the pub's also gone as well now. So I just think ah. I just think it's, it's just that it's that generational thing. Um, I think I don't know how many people you get in the British Legion these days either, to be honest. But mm. I think just like. Yeah, Double on. Diamond was about it was that was the, the phase where you get a pint and it had a, it was a jar with an handle on it yeah with the little like squares all over it and it had head on it as well yeah you don't exactly. get head, on, head on beer anymore no you don't it's, it's I used I used to think when you take a sip of like Double Diamond and that it leaves leaves the uh, the head like the lather over your top lip yeah oh yeah I used to think that's what made men grow moustaches. <laughs> I thought that's what it is. It's obvious, isn't it? Well, well it's, obviously. it's the right shape and everything. I thought, that's what it is. It's, it's lager. Well, I, do you know what? I, I don't want to be accused of like toxic masculinity or anything, but I always thought you weren't a man until you got that froth on your top lip. Mm. It was it was like a rite of passage almost. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, it's just, it's, and I, I can, ima- I, I don't know, I can imagine Harry Sullivan doing exactly the same thing, bringing it back round to Doctor Who again. So, hey, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, see what I did there—that's gold, isn't it? Um, yeah, <laughs> you're very skilled. Oh, I am, and I. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what what's your sort of favourite story of Harry Sullivan? Because I quite liked him in Terror of the Zygons, his last story, because Ian Martyr gets to do something a bit different. He does evil Harry. Mm. Um. um because it's that bit where he's lurking in the in the barn. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which I think, but, it, it looks so sinister, just lurking in the shadows and the way it's shot and everything. I mean, mm. talk about take your, take your hero and make the, make the audience scared of him. Um, which I thought was a bloody masterstroke, actually. Yes, yeah. I, I think, yeah, Terror of the Zygons is brilliant. Um, of course, Genesis... Um, I think my favourite is probably Ark in Space. Mm, yeah, that is as as far as sort of um, because like the first episode is basically just the three of them walking around. Yeah, there's not a lot going on really, and it's just a, a great way to to introduce them as a TARDIS team and, and just to see the unencumbered interaction between the three of them. I think is is just brilliant. Some great writing and just three. Tremendous actors at the top of their game. It, yes, yeah. Because I, mean, I mean, Robot is really a, as we can say, it's a hangover from Pertwee's final season, really, isn't it? It's, it's very much yeah. a, a Pertwee-style story. So, mm. and you still got Unit there and everything. Um, so I, I think you're right. Ark in Space is that's the to, to me really that's the first proper Fourth Doctor story. Mm. When it's just you know as you, as you as you say, it's just the three of them, and you can see. I don't know. They're not really sort of working each other out, really, are they? As, as such, they just seem to click. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no sort of feeling the edges of someone's personality or saying how far can I push them this way, how far can I push them that way. Mm. It's just they automatically gel. Yeah, and that's oh, of course this is the Zardus team. Of course it is. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's that's it's immediately apparently, isn't it? But um, I mean, after mm. that, you you get um, like the Sontaran experiment. Um, which, mm. which again is it's a little. It's almost like a filler story, really. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, which I still think is really, really good. Um, I remember getting the um, the Genesis of the Daleks VHS, the the, the, the double VHS, because it came with the Sontaran experiment as well. Mm. So um, I think that was my first introduction to it since I was a kid. I think when I when I bought that, but um, I think it's a cracking little story, the Sontaran experiment. Um, but again, you know, I, I, have, I haven't watched it for ages, and I got the I got the Blu-ray set that came out recently, and I have I have shame to admit I haven't played all the way through it yet. Do you know what? I'm kicking myself I didn't get that. Can you not get it there anymore? No, it was a limited edition. It's now going for um, up to four hundred pounds on eBay. That, wow! Yeah, I know. Well, um, just uh, I wonder if the American version is region free because it's still readily available here for about fifty dollars. Yeah, someone posted the other day that you can you, it is really available, but the the UK one I thought I'm not going to get it. I've already got them on on DVD. I'll wait till the, till the box set comes down in price. And of course, it didn't. It was limited run. It sold out, and now people are just shamelessly flogging them for four hundred quid a pop. So all the subsequent Blu-ray box sets I'm now buying, so I'm not, I'm not being caught out again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I'd, so I'd, I'd love to watch it on, on, on Blu-ray, the Sontaran Experiment, because I think it's um, a cracking little story. But 
I think this this is where the whole Harry Sullivan as the action hero is kind of sort of flipped on its head because you get Tom Baker fighting the Sontaran and you've got mm. Harry sneaking into the ship to disable it. Yeah, and that worked out really well for Tom Baker, didn't it? Didn't it just, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it should have been the other way around. It should have been Harry taking on the Sontaran whilst the Doctor did the technical bit. Mm. That's true. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's that's one of the best things about... Uh, if you're going to have a team of people like that, mm. if if you can take one character out and say, right, um, you're not doing this bit of the story, you do that bit of the story, you do this bit of the story, and they're all... They all work just as well in each part. Mm. That, that's just wonderful, isn't it? Oh, it is wonderful. Yeah, but mm. I, I, th- I just think logically it doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense, though. So, Well, we are talking about like, three people who travelled in space and time in a police box, Phil. Well, that's so, true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> Am I taking it a bit too seriously here? I'm sure no one's ever accused you of that, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find they have. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! Well, of course, yeah. The next one is um, is Genesis of the Daleks, which we've sort of, you know, he, he blunders into a, a gigantic clam. Um, but yeah. I, I still think he's one of the strongest stories because you get that with that scene in the bunker when they're sort of being quite flippant to the um, oh um, the college um, uh, uh, the guy out of Hello Hello. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of the <laughs> Lieutenant Gruber. That's it. Yes, it. <laughs> yes, it. <laughs> My little tank. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I just like the thing about the, you know asking for the um, for the cup of tea. And mm. just, I always like that bit because I had the um, the cassette of Genesis of the Daleks when I was a kid, mm. and I played that to death. That thing. And I wish the god I knew what happened to it. There, there were two cassettes I played to death when I was a kid. There was there was that and Hedgehog Sandwich, which the not nine o'clock news cassette. Oh yeah. And I've still got Hedgehog Sandwich, but I, for laughing, I do not know what happened to that Genesis of the Daleks cassette. I didn't. Well, I'm, I'm, I am currently holding yeah. uh, the um, vinyl version. Oh, of Genesis of the Daleks right now. Oh, I've got the imp- I've got an MP3 version of it, but mm. I just wish I still had that cassette. But um, now it's it's that <sighs> bit where they're, so uh, they're being interrogated and they're sort of asking for a cup of tea, and just the way that- it's it's like a double act. Isn't it, it is. Oh, that's what I love yeah. about it. Totally. Yeah, and I just like no tea, Harry. I, I just love that little murmur. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's great. Spit up my coffee there. <laughs> Definitely drinking coffee, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, yes. yes. Not, not mm. beer, not yet. <laughs> not, but well, mm. Mm. chin chin. <laughs> yeah, so no, it's it's a great little double act. It really is. Um, mm. But I think that's the thing about that story. Everybody gets their little double acts. You get Sarah and um, Severin, a nice mm. little double act as well. Um, yeah. And then you get like Doctor and Harry, and then you get later on you get sort of Harry and Sarah go off together. Then you get the Doctor and Betan, and it's it's so well put together that story. Um, mm. Which, to be honest, for for Terry Nation of, of that era, wasn't um, that was not like him really. No, no. Go on, say it. You can say it. You're, you're among friends. Yeah, I was say because no, because they really did. They pushed back. I think he delivered the usual um, oh, build. Yeah, yeah, the usual Terry Nation Dalek story. Probably mm. featuring a character called Tarrant. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so at some point there was a character called Tarrant in some. Piece. 
either Dev Tarrant or Del Tarrant or there's something along those lines. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad they sort of said no, we're not having that, and they he gave us this, which I think is one of the you know one of the classics. Um, and he seems Absolutely. and he seems to get the characters as well that just mm. been introduced. Yeah. Which again yeah, it's, it, is unlike Terry Nation. But. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of some of um, the other the other appearance we got of Harry is in the next series he comes back in Android Invasion, doesn't he? That's right. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's just a little bit odd, really. I do feel like it's a bit of an odd story that one, isn't it? Oh, it's very odd. Yeah, because <laughs> you get like, Harry and Benton not being uh, was Benton in that one as well? Yes, was he was. Just, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I can't remember. That, I'm pe- pretty uh, sure. Yeah, he had to done really, wasn't he? But, mm. uh, yeah, I think he was. Um, yeah, again, it was just sorry, it was only a couple of episodes, wasn't he? Um, and it, again, it was just seen. It was sort of Harry, but not Harry again. Yeah, like, bit yeah. like bit like Terror of the Zygons for that um, mm. that brief period. But um, that's the other thing I forgot about Terror of the Zygons. He sort of has that quite a long scene with the Zygons, where they're explaining to him how they sort of do the doppelganger thing yeah and he does seem sort of he seems to sort of by that point take it all in quite well to be honest well you know he's, he's obviously he's, he's had traveled. a couple of by that point exactly yeah <laughs> he's, he's, he's at least half a bottle of Harvey's Bristol cream in so <laughs> it, it just it's water for ducks back you know exactly I'm sure <laughs> talking talk of water as well yeah. um, Ian Martin made his first appearance of course in Carnival of Monsters there you go, yeah. Yes, he did, didn't he? On the ship. Yes, Queensby rules, naturally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Played very a very similar character. It was actually, wasn't it? Yes. But <laughs> But that kind of worked though, because it was set in that period of the nineteen twenties, wasn't it? So as I yeah. said, Bulldog Drummond, that's exactly what he was like. But uh, Yeah, he was obviously that was uh that was one of his uh ancestors. Obviously. Obviously. Yes. Now, now, now you're doing the Doctor Who thing. You've got to, you've got to make everything fit. <laughs> that yeah, it all does. Everything Feels has very little effort involved. It I all know. Fits. Everything, everything is fit. logical. It's not like Amy Pond was related to that um, acolyte for um, Fires of Pompeii, so it's all there. Yeah, she was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't know how. We don't know how, but it, it works. It fits. It, it has. Works. It has to because it's Doctor Who, and everything must must meet up at some point. Absolutely. It all makes sense in the end. It does. It's got to be canon. Yes. So, now, coming back to Terror of the Zygons, Harry leaves in this one, officially. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. It's a bit of a damp squib ending for him, isn't it? It is, really. I mean, it's not as if even... I mean, if you'd have watched it back then, it must have been a, a real blow, because brand new series starts. Here we are, Terror of the Zygons, first story... Great, the three of them are back together again. Oh no, he's gone now. Yeah. It was the first story of the next series, even though it was filmed, like we said, as part of series 12. Mm. And it's, oh, oh. I know, I know. It's oh, just, all right. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's peculiar because you, you get, like, the Brigadier's back and Benton's back, mm. unit, and mm. and then Harry just, just literally just says, oh no, not for me, thank you. And I'll get the it. train. I'll get the train, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Oh, never yeah. seen again. Well, he was, but yeah, yeah. That that is such a weird. Mind you, British Rail was was bloody awful back then. You <laughs> think it's bad now? Oh, it was... he's probably he's probably somewhere on uh, waiting on a train platform, <laughs> 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 so 
still waiting. Oh, come on. Uh, but you see, back in those days, Paul, uh, the British Rail staff wore um, hats and proper uniforms, so everything that made everything better because people looked smart. That's true, actually, there, yes. Yeah, you see? Yeah. So. Yeah. You could eat your food off their shoes. You could, though. See, that, yeah. that's what the re-smogs of this world have, you believe. <laughs> How dare you mention his name. <laughs> it is like a Doctor Who villain, really, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. If they ever bring back the, the, the crinoids. Oh, God, he, he, yeah. is, he is Harrison Chase he, for he's a new the Harrison generation. Chase. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man alive. We've hit on something there, haven't we? <laughs> quick, copyright it, quick. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that, that don't bear thinking about. That's awful. <laughs> yeah, so... Now... I think he was meant to sort of come back at a, a, a couple of points, wasn't he, Harry? Something I think for Mordred Undead, wasn't he originally, he was, yeah. originally considered at one point along with Ian... I know it meant to be Ian Chesterton, but yeah. um, I think William Russell wasn't available. But Yeah, William Russell wasn't available. They considered uh, Ian Martyr coming back. Yeah. And I, I think just because he had a lot more resonance with uh, Doctor Who fans, the Brigadier was eventually uh, dragged in. Yeah. Yeah, which but I think it, it would have been good. I could, they could have had a few of them back. I mean, come on. Oh, I could have done it. I mean, that point it was. I mean, you know, we know a Jane T. Love reference in the past. Um, mm. <clears throat> yeah, he could have easily have done that, couldn't they? Because I mean, he even wanted to bring back um, Sarah Jane as a, as a companion again, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think, was wasn't it for Tom Baker's last series or last couple of stories in that series or something? I think so. Yeah. Wasn't it? Oh, wasn't she going to come in when when Tegan came on on board? Yes, I think it was. I think yeah. it, wasn't it just to see out that doctor or something? Yeah, I think I think you're right there. It yeah. Definitely rings a bell anyway. Yeah, that's uh, oh, that's a shame. It's a shame they didn't bring that like, Ian Martyr because I thought he, he um, I mean, he wrote a lot for um, Target. He's always had that association with Doctor, and I always found his Target mm. novelizations to be spot on. Actually, yes. yeah. Really? I mean, I was reading these Target books before I even knew who he was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's funny you mentioned that um, Ark in Space because he really ups the horror, the body horror in that, doesn't he? Yes. Oh, God, yes, he does. I remember that. I remember that terrifying me when I was a kid. Yeah. Book. I mean, oh. I, 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 I was going to say, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody to, yeah, so you can, you know, go and read it because, oh, crikey, yeah. It was my mum. My mum used to because she's always been a huge Doctor Who fan. She used to buy the Target books, read them at work, and then bring them home and read them to me at bedtime over like a couple of weeks. Yeah. And um, she used to do that for all sorts of things. Like, I remember getting Alien read to me, the novelisation of Alien. Oh, wow. Read to me as a bedtime story. <laughs> Ark in Space scared me more than Alien. <laughs> what was that? What was that? It just, it was, it was, it was, like you said, the body horror of it, and the fact that it's, it goes a lot more into the the takeover side of things as well. Yeah, you know, the struggle with your own psyche and stuff. Oh, just ooh, that put the put the proper chills up me. That did. <laughs> Alien was just some big bod walking around a shit offing people. Yeah, true. But oh no, mm. that, that yeah, he, he, I thought he's. I don't know what he is. He's, he's a very very descriptive. Was a descriptive writer, but he seemed to. Mm really add a lot more to the stories. And I was sort of not about Harry now, we'll talk more about the actor, but he really did um, really get to grips with the story and add so much more to it. Yeah, I think it's, it helped because 
he was an actor, and so part of the process is getting to know characters and, and what they're feeling internally and that sort of thing. I think that's what he brought to it. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, if any of you out there have never read any of Ian Martin's Target novelisations... Yeah, they're great. Yeah, get get thee to a library or, or whatever. <laughs> you get get, get thee to a library. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Well, I well, that. Mr. Reese Mogg, we've been expecting you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the libraries I go to are all full of like Enid Blyton. <laughs> it's all the blokes waiting to get in the British Legion. It is, isn't it? <laughs> Sitting there with their blazers on. <laughs> is it six yet? <laughs> It's full of Enid Blyton books and uh, uh, Bulldog, Preston, all, Bulldog Drummond. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All, re- all reading their books to each other. Talks pressing ta- their slacks. Exactly. Talk <laughs> to Tank Engine and all that. <laughs> oh, God. But um, as, as you say, Harry does make a few more, not sort of like, sort of um, by Ian Martin, but he does make appearances kind of in things like the Sarah Jane Adventures, doesn't he? There's a photo. Um, yes. Of yeah, in him. the pilot, wasn't it? It was in the pilot, yeah. yeah. Um, and she mentions. Um, Harry, as names for her son, doesn't she? Yes, yeah. Seem to remember. Um, then, of course, the last time he's mentioned was in the Zygon inversion. Yeah, the imbeciles gas. Yes, I love that. <laughs> yeah, brilliant that. Oh, God. But again, I, I think that's... Again, it sounds like very much like Ian Martin would have written, actually. The gas yeah. turns the Zygons inside out. <laughs> brilliant. Of course it does. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> Oh man, alive! But you, again, you can imagine Harry just doing that as it's some kind of happy accident. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's only meant to knock him out. No, it turns him inside out, Harry. Oh well, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's just, I mean, chin chin. <laughs> it. This is a character who's around for one series. Yeah, you know, and there's so much love for that character and the that Tardis team as, as a threesome. Yes. Uh it's incredible to think, you know, this this guy's in, what, five stories? Six stories, maybe? Yep. That's it. And he's still being mentioned in, like, 2016 or whatever it was. When it was, like, yeah. Version was on. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And I think that goes mm. a lot, you know, that's all down to the, the writing of the character and yeah. the actor as well. Yes, definitely. To be yeah. honest, it really, really, really did. Um, have you, I would say, it's quite sad because he died sort of relatively sort of young age in Marta. Yeah. Mm. Um, and have you read Liz Sladen's autobiography? I haven't because I, I got a copy of it. I had a copy sent to me, actually, right? And I was going to read it, and then decided it'd be too upsetting. Yeah, it it kind of is. Um, yeah, and there, there is a bit with with the last time she saw Ian Martyr. Oh, I couldn't. Well. You see, I couldn't read that. Yeah, I couldn't read that. Yeah, no. I, again, if you haven't read it, then I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mention it because um, mm. it is. It's, it's a. It's a real sort of kind of heartbreaker, to be honest. Yeah, I it, haven't even watched it, the last series of Sarah Jane Adventures. I can't even do that. Do you know you're not the only person I know who, who can't bring themselves to watch it? Yeah, actually, but um, all all I can, all I can say really is that it draws a nice little line underneath it, and. It's not. I, it's not. I more, don't want a line. I don't want any line. It's still going on as far as I'm concerned. Well, that that that's the kind of line I'm talking about. Mm. They say she's still out there, still having adventures, and and that's it. So as as far as the audience is concerned, Sarah Jane is still out there. Good. And I, and I thought, what a great way to to end it. They didn't yeah. sort of just sort of stop it, you know, in its tracks, and mm. you know that was it. They do sort of kind of wrap it up, 
in a in a funny way. Ah, which really works. Now you said that, I might I'll probably get round to it at some point. But yeah, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to introduce the kids to Sarah Jane Adventures because I used to watch that. I know we're going again. We're going a wildly off topic, but um, I used to record that um, and watch it when I got home from work. Mm. I just enjoyed it so much. It was it was that's how to write children's television. Yes. Yeah. To be honest, it didn't. I mean, talk, I, it didn't talk down to him at all, did it? No, not at all. And I remember the first episode, um, the one that was on a, was it on a New Year? The one with um, uh, Money Penny. Yes. Oh, what was it called? Uh, uh, the Bane or something like that. Evasion of the Bane, wasn't it? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, that is one of the greatest episodes of any series I've ever seen. I thought that was fantastic. That, it was. It really was. Such a good as as a pilot that you can't get any better than that. That was great, and I'm so glad they picked up for the series because I mean, what we got, we got five absolutely outstanding Mm. series of television there. Um, And I actually use that as an example when when people are getting all upset about Bradley Walsh being cast Hmm. um, in Doctor Who. I said, watch that. Yeah, the clown, the clown one. Yeah, yeah. You know, (laughs) watch that or watch him in um, Law and Order UK. Yeah, because he's a he's a bloody good actor, and he, and he and he's he was my favourite thing in the in the series, to be honest. Absolutely, mine as well. Yes, and the, the yes, we won't get into that series. No, we won't. No, no, we no. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Farris Project hasn't been about for a while. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my my nan always said, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. <laughs> well, it hasn't stopped other podcasts. So. I know, and I don't want to join them. I don't want to be a person. Ripping it apart every week. That's I love no. that series, and so I don't want to do it. No, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, no, no, we we didn't rip it apart. We we were. You didn't. We, no, you were no, fair. We were fair. Yeah, I thought we were fair. Um, mm. It wasn't great, but I think there's, you know, there's, I think we wrapped it up really. There's the promise of better to come. I think when a certain <laughs> Chibnall leaves. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, mean, I don't know. Maybe he, he might sort of iron out those problems. Because the tone was, I thought the tone was all over the place in that series. But I think it, he might sort of like, okay, this worked, this didn't. And like Alan Partridge, will he get a second series? Well, he has. So mm, we'll yeah, see. Well. we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Indeed, we'll see. Indeed. I can't. I can't see it happening myself. He's not going <laughs> to. He's not. He's not going to iron out anything. He's. He's the anti-Corby trouser press of Doctor Who. <laughs> Oh dear! Well, I think I, do. You know what? I think that's an uh, uh, opportune moment to, to wrap the podcast up. Actually, before we before we you do start slagging off <laughs> <laughs> series eleven of Doctor Who. <laughs> yes. So, as is customary in these events, would you like to tell the people on the interwebs uh, mm. where they can find your your podcasts? Yes, certainly. It's on the internet. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> you can leave it at that. Yes. Okay, will do. Well, Paul, thanks very much for joining us, sir. And thanks uh, for having uh, us, Phil. It's okay, it's classic. Oh, good, good to hear it, mate. I hope you get back on again a bit, uh, a bit quicker this time. Yeah, <laughs> it's only a year. Only a year. You know? yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Cheers, Phil.
for listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who podcast alliance. Thank you.